0: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us here at Shelters by Jesus Radio. I'm your host, Seth. I'm here again with my co-host and brother, Al. Al, good morning. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing real good. Uh, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
0: Amen. Now, you arranged a very special guest, and we'll get into that guest, but would you like to introduce him?
1: It would be my pleasure and honor to introduce uh, James Blodgett, uh, past worship leader here at the church, real friend of the ministry. He's he's here with his son, Cameron, as well. So glad to have you guys.
2: Well, we're so so glad to be here. Uh, Thank you for asking me to come by. I really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Stay tuned, everyone. Thanks for making us part of your day. God bless you.
0: Amen. Thank you, James, for joining us. Uh, your name is James Blodgett. Yes. You are a worship leader.
2: Yeah, and a licensed minister. And a licensed minister. Yes. Okay.
0: Now, you are attending what church at the moment?
2: Um, I attend uh, Daystar Chapel. Okay. Right, right in Madison. You're yeah.
0: out of Madison, Maine? Yes. And you brought your son with you?
2: Yes, Cameron, my son. Um, he's going to be 18 in January. And, uh He's the sound tech for our church. Oh, nice. So. And so you drove through a blizzard. <laughs> Not quite a blizzard, <laughs> no. but it was it was—it yeah. was fairly treacherous driving. The first snow of the year, so a lot of people forget how to drive in it. They do. I, I've got a full-drive pickup truck, so it weren't too bad. But, no. uh, but yeah.
0: thank you so much for coming through that weather. I know it was a little tricky for you to get here, but I know that our listeners are going to be blessed because you are a worship leader, and we want to make these three episodes coming up this week to be about what it is to worship God through music. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad you said yes and you're able to get here. First of all, you're one of my favorite worship leaders. I love your voice. Well, I appreciate and that. And I love your music. And I know you you do it for the glory of God, but boy, is it nice. Right, mm, Al?
1: I, I hearken back to when I first started attending Shelters by Jesus Church, it's which is what we are called now, and it was Trinity Evangelical Free Church, really a church within a church, but worship on Saturday night was a beautiful thing and, yeah, and it, it remains was. still too but those days going back 10 years or so uh, 12 yeah. years even yeah
2: it's it's been a long time it's yeah. been a long time because I've been um, I've been at the church where I am now as worship leader for four years because yep. um, my my um, my dad passed away he was the <laughs> worship leader there and he had passed away um, in 2016 unexpectedly and um, and I stepped in to fill the void that, that he left. That
0: must've been so neat for you to do.
2: It was really hard the first day cause was it? yeah, it was my, um, again, he passed away unexpectedly and the first Sunday back uh, at the church, my mom was actually scheduled to minister and the pastor tried to tell her that she could take the, the Sunday off because of what had happened. And yeah. my mom being the person she is, she says, no, God gave me a word and, and, uh, and I'm going to deliver it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, I know Pastor speaks very highly of your dad. Um, and I know that you've come here to Shelters by Jesus to fill in when we needed uh, someone to lead worship. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you are definitely connected to the shelter by service. Mm. Uh, and uh, we absolutely, it's like a treat when you come. It's like a musical treat, can, piece of candy for your ears, <laughs> if you will. Um, but um, one question I like to ask, because We think it's important to share this is how did you come to know Christ? How did you how did he become your Lord and Savior?
2: Well, it's uh, going way back because I I gave my heart to Christ back when I was about seven or eight years old. My father um, was working at renovating the Skowhegan Jail at the time when it was over here on uh, Court Street or High Street, whatever it was on on there. And um, anyway, he came to Christ. And started going to church, so obviously brought the family to church with him. And uh, at a very young age, I just felt the drawing. And then we were involved in a revival ministry. So we went to um, Washington, D.C. was the first revival we went to. Uh, We went around with a huge tent, set up and had tent revivals and old-fashioned tent revivals. And And at eight years old, I found a little abandoned lemonade stand down at the back of this carnival yard that we had set up in. And actually started having my own little meetings down there, reading out of my little New Testament King James Bible, <laughs> wow. and uh, led led two young wow. black men to Christ, um, little kids. I mean, they're the same age as I was, seven or eight years old. And unbeknownst to me, because I was just a child at the time, there was a there was oppression from the churches in the area. They, they didn't want us there. And actually, there was a gentleman who was going around with a, a petition to have us removed from the area. And one of the little boys I got saved was his son, so he went home and told his mama that some white boy down to the the carnival yard told him about Jesus, and she told her husband in no uncertain terms that he was to rip up that petition and undo what he did. Wow! And we had revival from then on
0: out. Oh, praise God. That's amazing, James. Swing
1: wide the heavenly gates. Wow.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: One of the reasons I like to ask all our guests this is because, you know, we all know there's one road to God, and that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But there's a million roads to Jesus Christ. And I I love to have our guests share how they connected with the Spirit. Um, So thank you for sharing that, James. No problem at all. So how long, you said you've been doing worship officially at your church as a leader for four years, but how long have you been doing worship?
2: I've been playing guitar um, for about 25 years now, and my um, I actually wasn't allowed to play on the worship team when I first started because I wasn't much good, and my dad, who was a professional musician, was a stickler for accuracy and, and not dragging the rest of the team down, so I sat in the front row of our church for two years playing my guitar not plugged in until I could prove that I was... You know, that I, first of all, that I was going to stick with it and that I wasn't just there for show right. because you have to, you know, you have to have a heart for worship, you know? And so it, so for, for total time, I'm probably going to say, um, probably 15 years worth of, worth of being on worship teams as a worship leader, about 10. All right. Cause I was here for six and I, I was over to the other, my other church now for four. So.
0: And what do you play for instruments?
2: I'm um, pretty much just a guitar, um, okay. and I I can play the bass as well. But as a lead instrument, when sometimes it's only myself as as a worship, you know, uh, on the worship team. So, um, so guitar obviously is a lead instrument. But the uh, I play the bass. I dabble with the drums. But uh, well,
0: as a worship leader, James, is there a process you go through when you start picking? music for Sunday, like, do you just randomly grab what sounds good to you? Do you pray? I mean, do you talk to the pastor about maybe what he's preaching? How, how do you choose what you're going to uh, sing?
2: I have never period dot asked the pastor what he was going to bring for a message because I don't want to do what I call loading the set list. Huh? So I pray every time and I just go through my songs and I just, it, they will literally just kind of jump off the page. I'll just feel this, this thing in my spirit and I'll just be like, okay, that song is meant for this coming Sunday. And I and sometimes, um, sometimes I will just I, I won't have that necessarily that feeling, and I'll just pick some songs that I, either I'm comfortable with or that I really have been you know kind of singing in my head that week. Um, but in times like that, sometimes I'll get to the set list and I'll actually get up there on Sunday morning, and all of a sudden I'll be feeling that I got to sing this other song, mm. and so it changes. Mm. So it's it's important to be fluid with you know with the spirit, never just have a you know don't ever do what you want to do just because you chose those songs i mean it's 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 key and and then the spirit's never left me hanging
0: and now do do you ever find it and this is something i know alan and i talked about too is how weird it
2: is sometimes that music just lines up with the message oh yeah and I, the the spirit's always accurate right i'm right. i'm going to take zero credit the spirit of god is always accurate cuz he knows what he has for cuz it's like I love going into a service, and all of a sudden, we have a we have an opening word, right? Somebody will read the scripture before we start our service, you know, and then um, the pastor will pray, and then we have, you know, announcements and testimonies, and it's like the opening scripture, and then the testimonies will all coincide, and then the pastor will speak what he's speaking on, and then it's like, I'm just sitting up there, and it's like, I can't wait, because we do worship last. Our, our format is, we do a scripture, you know, testimony uh, announcements, testimonies, then the pastor preaches, and then I, we do the worship. And it's like, I, I just... Them Jones in for worship because it's like the spirit of God is just so strong in there. It's just like, and I know that everything I have to sing is everything that was already said. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's so amazing how the spirit of God just orchestrates everything. Um, I just I love it. I love it.
1: I have seen that where we do worship typically first and soften the hearts of people, and then you have uh, the message. Uh, it's, often I've seen it just be such that. The music was so right on target, the worship, that is, that you could almost just say, that's my message right there. Mm. That's my message right there.
0: A uh, pastor has said that before. He's gotten up and said, well, I don't know if I need to preach because the, the worship music was my message.
1: <laughs> Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Amen. Know, but, yeah. But there are more to come. So his word is special. It doesn't return void. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so, you, so you're at a young age and you found yourself in another state, uh... Well, Washington, D.C., and so you you cut your teeth on music. What kind of music were you were was in the household of the Blodgett household, uh, or did it vary, or was it old get
2: well, my gospel
1: m- hymns, that sort of thing? Or-
2: yeah, my, my dad was in a lot of um, rock bands before he got saved, so he played anything from Hang On Sloopy to, to George, you know, George Jones Country. Uh, Waylon Jennings. I mean, so his his uh, he was a he was a world he was a first class bluegrass musician. Mm-hmm. My dad and a friend of his won the amateur bluegrass festival in the state of Maine. One no year. kidding. Yes. Yeah, so they were fantastic musicians, and so I grew up listening to like Ricky Skaggs, you know, um, Ralph Stanley, you know, some of these, you know, the Carter family, you know, Johnny Cash. Um, so I had a lot of influences that weren't necessarily you know christian you know gospel i mean they they all kind of dabbled in gospel i mean ricky skaggs ma- you know made numerous bluegrass gospel albums and they're fantastic yeah, yep. um one of my dad's favorite groups was called new traditions and they're a bluegrass gospel um country group and they're fantastic i love music. i love musical ability and and um growing up you know in my household my dad would have what he would call singspirations and he would invite all of his friends over mm. and I, we had some of the some of the best musicians in the state went through my parents front you know front yard or in the living room if it was cold outside um, we would just have 15 people in there with their instruments i mean steel guitar banjo fiddle i mean you name it there oh. was it was their bass electric guitar it was and it was phenomenal i would lay for hours on the floor with my chin on my hands just laying there, with my eyes closed, just letting the music just like rain down on top of me. Oh,
0: just to be, I was gonna say, just to be a fly on the wall. Just oh, it to fantastic. listen to that. Wow. Now, do do you pass these traditions on to your sons at all, or have any of them picked up instruments?
2: Yeah, Cameron's, Cameron's dabbled, um, but it takes. I mean, it's 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 a hard you know thing to pick up. It's it takes you know dedication, and you have to motivate yourself to to want to practice. Um, and then when and when you don't, you know what you've learned falls off. So. It's something that you constantly gotta hone your craft. I mean, anybody like like Brad Paisley is a fantastic country guitarist. I mean, he's just a world class musician, but he doesn't stop playing. You know what I mean? He 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 keep he plays all the time. So yeah. if you it's just you know, they say it's like riding a bike and it's true, but eventually the chain on the bike will get rusty. You know what I mean, if you don't keep it oiled. So as anything anything else, you know, practicing makes perfect. My dad had a lot of like I said, had a lot of bands and, and he passed he passed down the, the talent to me, but he necessarily didn't teach me how to play guitar because he was so he was light years ahead of where I was, right? So he had a hard time having the patience right. to sit there and watch me struggle. So he bought me an Ernie Ball guitar book for beginners and told me, learn your chords, learn this, learn that, and then I'll show you some stuff. And I was like, okay, so I learned how to play Hang Down Your Head Tom Dooley, mm. you know, the Red River Valley, you know, Are You Going to Scarborough Fair was the first song I ever learned. So, oh. um, but then... But then, as I got older, and like Petra, the band Petra, or um, Striper, Striper was out there, and and uh, I heard some of their music. But re- really, DC Talk, the early you know DC Talk was fantastic. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, Michael W. Smith, I mean, some of the stalwarts in the beginning of Christian music that were the big names. Amy Grant, I mean, Newsboy. Keith Green, Newsboys, you know, some yeah. of these guys. and, yeah. the, and pi- the pioneers of Christian music. Yes, absolutely. You know, that really made the contemporary Christian music what it is today. Um, one of my favorite groups, we had talked about it before the podcast started, was Third Day. Third Day. Um, yeah. You know, Mac Powell and the boys, um, just, uh, there's not a song that he couldn't sing that you're not going to recognize his voice on it's just right. so distinct so gravelly so gruff it's just mm-hmm. i love hearing their worship stuff when they started doing their worship albums offerings one and two that's really when they took off because you can do your own thing right and you can put up music and it's nice but there's something about worship music
0: amen to that yeah and another band we talked about was need to breathe uh very very worship focused yeah, yes absolutely yeah um, so, would you say that the Third Day, Need to Breathe, bands like that are your current influence? Like, they, they guide you? Zach Williams, maybe? Yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of
2: Zach Williams. Cody Carnes has some really nice stuff out. Um, that song, Nothing Else. Yeah. Um, that I love that. But are you married? Yes. I have a wife. We've been married 17 years. Um, yeah. We met at Walmart, of all places. Uh, she was working there, and I was getting ready to move to Florida, and I moved to Florida and was, was gone for almost a year, and uh, did construction work down there, and my sister... My younger sister, um, I have two, and my younger sister was working at Walmart and became friends with my wife, and when I came back, we actually all got an apartment together, and then while we were living together, we found out we had feelings for each other, and, and so we moved out of the apartment, she moved in with her sister and her, and her brother-in-law, and I moved back home with my parents, and we dated for about four months, and then I asked her to marry me, and two months later, we were married. Oh,
0: fantastic! And been married and 17 years. So. how many children do you guys
2: have? Uh, we have two. We have uh, Cameron, and we have uh, my younger son, Aiden, who's nine.
0: Nice. No kidding. How do you like being a dad?
2: Uh, dude, the Bible says, "Blessed is the man who has his quiver full." Mm-hmm. And you know, children are great. I, I love being a dad. It's it's other than other than salvation and my marriage to my wife, it's the greatest thing in, in the world.
0: Yeah, and Any I imagine rate. you have a, a godly, praying wife that that keeps you going, moves you forward.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, she she was she wasn't raised as a Christian. So basically, when we got together, um, she she knew what she didn't want in a man anymore mm-hmm. because she knew the, the the ones she had previously um, in relationships weren't necessarily you know being wh- who she wanted to, them to be. Right. And so when she when when I showed interest and she found me. Um, there was, it was a difference. And I told her, I said, the only reason that I'm different than them is because of the Christ that's in me. Mm. He makes me want to be different because the, the lusts of the flesh are all the same, right? We, we all have the same struggles. So, so the only thing that makes us different is, is the power of Christ, the Holy spirit who leads us into all truth. And, and I, you know, and so, yeah, I've, I'm blessed that she, you know, she serves God now and, and, uh, she, um, she's a good, she's a sweetheart. She's always had a great heart. And, uh, but now it's better because Jesus lives in it.
0: Well, it's like Al says, you know, he leads us uh, through righteousness for his name's sake. Absolutely. You
1: know? I'm still picturing myself as a fly in the wall at, at your house. Oh, no uh, kidding. In those jam <laughs> sessions. So I, I, I'm curious, what role did your mom play? Is, is she alive, by the way? Now? Yes,
2: absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, and she so is.
1: She she had she had a musical influence. Did she sing or did you play?
2: Um, she sang. She played tambourine. She was more of a percussion kind of like she'd play the maracas, tambourine. Um, like the the little egg, you know, with the sand in it, the sure, little percussion, sure. you yep, know. So important. she would, yeah, she would, she would add some of that. She sings, you know, she has a very good singing voice. Um, she wasn't necessarily musical as far as playing a, you know, a instrument like a piano or organ or something of that nature. But um, she is a spiritual giant. Mm. She's a spiritual giant. I mean, my my dad and I had a fantastic relationship. Me and my dad were friends, which a lot of parents and children don't get to that point. You know, they. But when when you let God run your relationships. You know he gives you those Jonathan and David relationships. You know he gives you that that father and and son. You know, you know the 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 Jacob. You know what I mean? And mm. you know relationships with your with you you know Abraham. You know relationships. So it's one of those things where you have uh, the the influence of your mom for a boy is huge. And yeah. I'm six foot three, three hundred pounds, and I'm a mama's boy. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I am a mama's boy, and I'm not a wimp mama's boy. It's just that. I take care of my mama, right? You know, and my mom again, she's a spiritual giant. She's a licensed mm. evangelist. She does, you know, she preaches out and around. And and uh, I've had so many instances in my life where she has given me such great godly counsel, mm. and I, and I didn't want to hear it at the time. Sometimes, you know, like I had a kid that was picking on me in school one time, and incessantly. I mean, it was to the point of they they talk about bullying these days, and and back then it was a different world, right? So, right. I wanted to pummel the kid, and my mom looked at me and said, "Why don't you pray for him?" She goes, because it says in the Bible to, to, to love those that persecute you and to pray for those that despitefully use you. And I was like, but I don't want to hear that, Mom. Mm-hmm. I want to pummel this kid. Right. But I'll tell you what, 15 years after we graduated, I saw that, uh, that man in Walmart. And he apologized to me and told me that the example of Christ that I showed him led him to salvation. Oh, Praise,
0: praise God. God. You see, that's the power of godly women, whether it's your mother, grandmother, wife, sister, uh, even a godly daughter. You know, can Absolutely. can change your heart, give you that compassion for others. We would
2: also do, we'd also put a group together and go do a uh, nursing home tour. Oh, nice. So we would have like five or six of the church musicians that were really decent, and we would go around and we would play Christmas carols and and some of the old-time country, you know, um, like uh, I walked the line. You know, my dad was a Johnny Cash fan. He loved Johnny Cash. Sure. So um, he actually rewrote uh, a version of Jackson, I'm Going to Heaven. Mm-hmm to the tune of i'm going to jackson so so we'd go into these you know these nursing homes and we'd play for half an hour to an hour and uh and we would pack out their their you know entertainment room i mean they would just there would be you know five or six rows yeah. of of old folks out there just just sitting there and and, and enjoying the music and and they love seeing the kids involved because my dad would obviously you know we were voluntold we weren't right. <laughs> we didn't get to volunteer we were voluntold um And uh, so as kids, my sisters and I would be out there. But again, my sister, actually my older sister, she worked in nursing homes for a long time because she gets such a love for the older Mm. populace. Mm. Um, And uh, it was just fantastic. Fantastic. I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite time of years.
0: Well, I know Al's uh, got a question, and then you want to lead him into the surprise? Uh,
1: You have a song queued up there, I see. And Now, this is original. I want our listeners to know this is original material. And you wrote this. Can you tell us a little bit of the background on... How this this song came to be?
2: Yeah, this song is called "Peace Be Still," and in life we go through so much. You know, we have so many things that, you know, life doesn't stop. You know, d- despite heartache or, or or even good things, you know, life does not stop. The days don't stop coming, and we we sometimes feel overwhelmed. And this song is um this song is a song. It's it's called uh, again "Peace Be Still." It's just about how in our in the midst of our storm we know who we believe in you know yeah. the bible says i the, he's the lifter of my head and and sometimes we forget that we we can have peace in every situation no matter what the world is doing no matter you know the world outside could be burning down and and we just have this peace that god gives not to not do anything but no matter what we do what whatever we find to do um, that we can have that peace that passes all understanding and that's and uh, the disciples when they were, when they were in the boat they had Jesus with them physically yes. we don't right so he said he said hey what what's your, what's the problem you know what right. I'm saying he's like what what's the deal and they and they were like well don't you care that we're perishing and he says oh ye a little faith and then he just spoke just to, spoke to the spoke to the storm and it was in and, and and immediately it said that it abated and so this song is is about that
0: amen
3: The sky opens up and rain is falling on my head again. I can't swim. My heart is drowning in this storm I'm in. I stepped out of the boat and tried so hard to believe. Filled my soul when I saw the stormy seas. Every situation seems like it's out of my control. I can't win, and all around me these massive billows roll. This storm is raging and I cannot seem to fight. I pray to you, God, to get me through this night. Peace be still. I've come to say, it. I was sinking down, I was sinking down, sinking down. He calmed my waves. Yes, you calmed my waves. Tossed about on the waves in this gradual boat, I Hoping against hope that I will stay afloat Forgetting like we do that the captain's in the ship He may seem to be asleep, but he'll never let us drift. Peace, be still He calms the wind and the waves Peace, be still When I was sinking down I was sinking down Sinking down He calmed my way Yes, he comes my way. So hold your hands up, hold your hands up. He walks on water. Hold your head up, hold your head up. He will come your way. Yes, he comes my way. Hold your hands up, hold your hands up. He walks on water. Hold your head up, hold your head up. He will calm your way. Yes, he comes, my way. Hold your
0: up. So what is it what's the inspiration process like to be able to put an original song on paper?
2: Um you know it varies. Sometimes I'll have a dream. Sometimes I'll be sitting and somebody will say something and God will give me a song for them. Mm. Um and it's just like sometimes I had a song that I'm hoping my son can find in my folder <laughs> while we're sitting here. Um and uh it's a wor- i wanted to write a praise and worship song. And I tried so many times to write one out of myself, right? And then all of a sudden um, one day I was sleeping and uh, I just saw these words on, a, on like a blackboard start yeah. going through my head in, in, in my sleep. And I woke up and I was like, oh, my word, I got to write these down. So I, I got up and I just started writing. And, and, and most of the time, like as I'm writing, I will just be processing in my head, you know. And like sometimes I'll be writing this song with tears running down my face mm. because of what the spirit is saying into me for me to sing. And it's like sometimes these songs are hard to sing because it's so moving, you know, for me to, to be able to sing these songs and, and to write them. I'm just, I'm blessed, I'm very blessed. I'm a lyricist, I love to write songs. I can make up a song on the spot and you'd never even know I just made it up. But that's a gift that God gave me. And and it's just, I love writing songs. I love to see people blessed and moved because of uh, a lyric or, or, you know, a melody that I wrote. So I love, love it.
1: Amen. Well, we certainly were blessed with the, that rendition. So what's the name of that song again?
2: peace be still
1: peace be still wow well folks I hope you've enjoyed this session with uh, James Blodgett uh, a real friend of the ministry Cameron's here too we may get him to uh, speak a little bit too I know he's he's a behind the scenes guy and thank you Cameron well look folks you can learn more about this ministry that we have here in Skowhegan, Maine by clicking a support button if you want to be part of this it's right there when you tuned into Shelters by Jesus Radio you can also Look back at some of the other podcasts that are archived. Uh, find that at sheltersbyjesusradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can write us here at Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. We'd love to hear from you too. 207-474-8833. Again, I I so appreciate you making this part of your day, and I I trust that you've been blessed. Uh, James, can you come back for another session? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Seth. Amen. God bless.